If you're looking for a new way to support Side Mission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code SIDEMISSION for 15% off your order. Thank you, Dubby, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. Oh, like always, I'm your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle and Matt. Almost said just two of the boys, and then I realized, well, there's only two of y'all, man. I'm going to let that one sit there for a second, because that was funnier than either of y'all have, because fuck both of you, that was funny. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Matt's like scrambling for the soundboard right now. Where's the, where's the laughter? <laughs> Anyways... Let's get this back on track. Anyways, uh, we are talking about one of the biggest releases of the year. I know you two boys were hyped about this. I was hyped about it, despite it not being uh, a franchise that I've necessarily sunk a lot of hours into. Uh, And that's the sequel to Scorn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, it's Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Or as a lot of people have taken calling it, Breath of the Wild 2. I feel like... uh, Either could be allowed, because it is very similar to Breath of the Wild. There are some very key differences, but I think we all agree, or at least I know me and Matt agree, Kyle, you're kind of a wild card here, not going to lie. I really have no idea what you think. You could say that you agree. You could tell us that we're both fucking stupid, and I really don't know which it is. Uh, I know I know, Matt and I both really love this game. I know we're both loving it. Matt, how many hours? Obviously, I don't think any of us have beaten the game yet, right? No, I have not. But we've all put quite a few hours to do. Matt, where are you at? Are you at 45 hours now? Where are you oh, at? Well, according to the uh, Switch Play Time, it does say 45 hours or more, but I'm going to probably estimate close to 50 at this rate. Do you think you're closer to 50? I think I'm getting there, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting around 35 right now myself, and I know there are going to be Zelda fans that listen to this and go, that's nothing. You've played basically the tutorial. <laughs> and uh, to them, I'd say, then uh, why are you listening to us? So anyways, uh, Kyle, you're the big Zelda fan, so I'll kind of lead off with you. Uh, overall thoughts, do you do you like this as a Zelda fan, or, or do you feel the way that Breath of the Wild made you feel? I know you're not the biggest fan of Breath of the Wild. What were your overall thoughts on this? I have to say that as a sequel to Breath of the Wild, this did a fantastic job. I think that it builds it, it builds upon everything that Breath of the Wild set the foundation for. Um, my biggest complaint with Breath of the Wild was the shrines, which in this game I feel have oh, heavily been refined. <laughs> I think that the way that they keep the shrines from being you know so repetitive is. I don't know. I haven't run into a lot of the uh, challenge shrines where you have to just fight or like the proving grounds or whatever. And those were my biggest complaints in, you know, uh, Breath of the Wild about the shrines was so many of them felt repetitive, especially the combat shrines. And in this one, I like seeing that despite the fact that they still have some combat shrines here and there, it requires you to do different things. Like I went into one where I couldn't use any weapons. I had to defeat this enemy by throwing fire fruit at it, which was different because in, you know, um, the last game, I would have just went in, pulled out a sword and beat the shit out of the enemy and then just left like I did the 30 other times (laughs) I encountered that kind of shrine. (laughs) Yeah. This time it actually gives you something other to do and it makes you, you know, kind of puzzle solve in different ways um, than the first one did. 
as a whole, I really am enjoying this game a lot more than I did Breath of the Wild. So before, Matt, before we get to your thoughts here, I want to ask, so you, Kyle, you reacted fairly on and I'm not holding this against you. I'm not hoeing you, I promise. It's going to sound like I am, but I'm not. You, you very early on, we're kind of having a tough time with this one. Do you feel like after giving it more time, those that was just kind of, you know, getting through the early game and it was just, you felt like it was going to be just like Breath of the Wild? Or like, what, was that the case there? Yeah, in the early game, I was, you know, I was like, okay, this is cool. We're in the sky now. But I was really struggling to see the difference between this and Breath of the Wild because obviously you start out, you get powers from the shrines just like you do in Breath of the Wild in a tutorial area where you can't leave, which I didn't really like, until you finish those shrines. Then you get the paraglider and you can actually leave and go other places. Um, but it's the fact that the tutorial area takes hours. I think on top of the entire opening of the game, which I think the opening is amazing, but then there, you know, you have a, a decent cutscene, and then you have this really long tutorial part. But I would say after you get out of there, and once you do your first temple, that's when things started yes. picking up. Because after, I mean, even on my way, like doing the whole temple, I was like, all right, you know, I'm not really feeling it yet. And it wasn't until I beat the temple and I got, you know, the new um, champions abilities that I really started to enjoy it. And now um, I'm far enough in to have beaten three of the temples. I'm in the middle of working on the lightning temple. Um, I've great temple. I, I got great the master temple. sword. I've, you know, done a ton of the side stuff. And this game is definitely my front runner for game of the year right now, which is a bit, it's a drastic change from, you know, my first couple days playing it where I honestly didn't really like, care about it that much but yeah no now yeah, you sounded I, like you were having a hard time enjoying it basically yeah, what you said to us yeah now i it was just i think it was a really long tutorial area and it was just it was bringing back so much of you know breath of the wild that i was like uh i'm not gonna like this if it's just a carbon copy and i'm really glad it's not so matt what then we'll transition kind of to your thoughts because i know me and you both we enjoyed it right out of the gate. I know that I will go ahead and say on air to both of you, I apologize for the many questions I have had to ask as a non-Zelda person. Oh, no, dude, uh, you're playing good, this yeah. game. I, I fucking love this game, and I, I'm with you 100% that it is... I think we're all... I've seen Because I've seen Matt's Twitter today, and I know that we all responded to the what with the Video Game Awards, what, what game mm -hmm. do you think is the front of the game of the year? We're all in line with saying it 100% is Tears of the Kingdom right now. There are yeah. absolutely other games that are going to compete with it that are going to come out later this year, and I think there are a couple that have already come out that will compete. But this is definitely the frontrunner. Matt, uh, you you and I both, we, we were in a party a lot, especially in the tutorial area. Do you yeah. think that area is too long? And then I'll let you get into your, your overall thoughts. So coming from Breath of the Wild, um, pretty much the game starts off with Link just waking up, and then immediately you leave the cave, and then the whole entire you know open world of Hyrule is at your disposal. And this game, I like the way that it began. It uh, it seems to take place several years after the events of Breath of the Wild. We have Zelda and Link together exploring underneath Hyrule Castle, and I think that this is where the story is it grabs me instantly because it's just so different i you know this is not how a zelda game in the past has ever started um it was almost in, in a way cinematic if you will especially yes. leading up to the events where 
and it got dark really fast. I think we can all agree on that. You know, they see. Was, I'm not gonna lie. The, release night, I was terrified. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. They, they see the corpse of the demon king, and he, he's reanimated. And then the dude possesses or takes control of Link's arm, and then we find out that Link basically loses his arm in this game. Like, yeah, I was like. I was like, bro, because throughout the trailers, we saw that weird kind of monster claw arm that he had in the trailers. And we're like wondering what happened to your arm, bro? And you know, <laughs> probably answer that question. And man, the tutorial is amazing. Like I, I know some people okay. have online and talked about, you know, it's too long, but the tutorial is perfect because it's preparing you for when you finally make the jump and you finally enter you know, you go back to Hyrule on the ground level, like you are prepared, um, especially for newcomers who have maybe haven't played Breath of the Wild, which I hope you did before playing this one, because you're going to be very confused. Don't hold me. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't hold me like that. <laughs> but I like the fact that we're introduced to, you know, the Ultra Hand, which in my opinion is so much better than the Sheikah Slate in, um, uh, in uh, Breath of the Wild. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. They're, Just kidding, go ahead. You mean you prefer the way that they did the powers over the Sheikah Slate? Because, like, the Sheikah yeah, Slate was a whole thing. Yes, I, I know like, what the Sheikah Slate was. Yeah, I was like, the Sheikah Slate was definitely not a power. I'm not calling the Sheikah Slate a power, but the Sheikah Slate is what gave you the abilities so that yeah. you were using in Breath of the Wild. The Ultra Hand is probably what I will, I will call this this. To this, like, in the future, devs will be looking at the Ultra Hand as an inspiration for future games. Like, just, just so I'm clear, we're talking about Link's new arm, right? Or no, no, the ability. The, ability yeah, Ultra the, arm. the Ultra Hand is the arm. Yeah, the ability, like, to, <laughs> oh, to pick things up and stick well, them together. The well, yeah, that's also, that's why I'm confused, Matt, because Ultra Hand is also the name of the first ability you get. That's so, what it is. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what he's talking about, yeah. That's what I'm talking okay, about. Well, he yeah. said he was talking about the arm. You said he was talking about the ability. I'm just making sure that I'm on the same page here because I'm already lost enough on the story, and I feel like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out. No, he he was talking about how he got it's the arm, good. and then he said the you know uh, the ability is called Ultra, yeah. and that's okay. that, yeah, that's what Matt's talking I'll, I'll about. Make sure I understood that. I, I wanted to lead up to it from the you know how you get the how you get the arm. No, that's fine. That's fine. No, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm caught up. That's me. I caught. I'm caught up. The arm is the uh, new yeah. Sheikah Slate. Um, exactly, but. The fusibility, the fusibility has been one has been something that I have been experimenting so much with. Um, you know, when you're introduced into it in the uh, tutorial, you know, I, I love grabbing a minecart and putting a fan on top of it and riding the rails. Or but you can do that I anywhere. Taking... <laughs> you don't need to do that in the tutorial. What makes the tutorial good? Well, I'm talking about the tutorial being good because of the fact that it does it transitions so well to get you to learn these abilities. I will say, in defense of what Matt is saying, I will say I did feel prepared for Hyrule once yeah, I that makes got sense. through the tutorial. Exactly. I do think he's right about that. Exactly. Um, now, uh, another thing about the tutorial, what it did really well, is that you know it introduced you to the concept of the of the weather. So you know that one of the last shrines you're going to go to is you are going to you know take damage from from freezing. Just like in Breath so, of the Wild, yeah. And that is exactly taken from Breath of the Wild. And at, at this point, you're not going to find the clothes that you need to survive the elements. What, what I like is that every single section 
that you come across where you're going to learn something new, everything is per- perfectly in place for you to use. Like those when pants you, get... you can find that you just capped about saying you can't find the clothes. There's <laughs> pants you can find in the tutorial area. Okay, okay, to be fair, though, and again, I'm going to... Rusty told me a hundred times. I told you once, first of all. <laughs> I told you once. Um, to be fair, I know a lot of people, and I think that this is pretty widespread i don't know yeah. very many people that would have found those pants um those pants aren't available yeah. to like right at the shrine so yeah. you know you can't really you can't really deal with you can't deal with the, the the cold weather um through that those means until you know i mean you pretty much have to deal with you have to deal with the cold pretty much just through cooking yeah, yeah just that's, why I, that's so, why i could gather that's like it. uh that's why i'd gather like uh you know six uh fire peppers and and make and, and cook them, and then I would get like twelve minutes to survive in the cold. Yeah, and I just kept doing that, especially because that last shrine, Rusty, we had a hard time finding that thing, did we not? Oh boy, that was uh, that was a challenge. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. That was telling that was me. Challenge. He told me go up the. He told me go up the waterfall. I said, <laughs> I go up a what? No, it was like it's cold. Look for There's the wall. water. It's cold. Look for the wall not covered in ice by the waterfall. (laughs) And I'm just like, I see nothing. I don't get it. I will tell you what I learned from this tutorial area. I learned that 12 and a half minutes is nothing. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I I learned that is nothing. You hear that and you're like, you're like, oh, I'm going to have all day. And then you get into three or four fights and you realize that you're down to two minutes. Yup. You cannot cannot do, in in fact, you cannot do this all day. Yeah. You you learn that you learn that uh, you fuck around and find out very quickly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but, I, but I will say I do agree. I, I kind of see both points here because I think that the tutorial is a bit long winded. Um, because the problem that I have is really you don't even you know your whole thought is okay. I do these first three shrines and then I'm going to be able to open this door. Then you find out you don't have enough hearts to open the door. And you need to go to a fourth shrine that's all the way on the other side of the Great Sky Island that you, you know, come in for the tutorial. Uh, I feel like it gets a little long-winded. I would have rather them just said, hey, you need to go do four, go do a couple shrines, go do four shrines, and then come back. Because I feel like I got into the the Temple of Time. I feel like I got in there, and it was just fucking pointless at first. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like me getting in there that first time, I was like, what is the point of this? Why did I come here? If I have to go do another shrine, why didn't you just tell me that? And I will say the same thing that I've said for several... I, well, I don't want to say several. For a few other things that have happened in this game, um, it feels like some things were added just to pad the runtime. And I'm going to go ahead and say, of all franchises that don't need to pad the runtime, Zelda is probably at the top of that list. You do not need oh, yeah. to pad the runtime of a Zelda game. This is a 50 to 60 hour game already. We are getting our money's worth as is. You don't need to make it 10 hours, 15 hours longer than than need be just by doing little minor inconveniences that happen kind of throughout the entire game, or at least the section that we've played so far. Um, but I do agree with Matt. While it is long-winded, as Kyle mentioned, I do agree that you feel immensely prepared for Hyrule the moment you leave. You feel prepared. You know what, well, you know the basics, you've got everything. And I have to say, I played very a very limited amount of Breath of the Wild, and I don't even remember any of the ability names. Um, all of the abilities that are in this game, I like so much more than the ones that I experienced at the beginning of Breath of the Wild. Most of all, when in doubt, ascend. 
Ascend. Ascend is so good. When in doubt, ascend. I have literally learned as a as a novice Zelda player, I have learned that if if I do not see a solution, it is probably because I'm not thinking about it in the right way. All I need to do is go up through the floor or through the ceiling. (laughs) I just need I just need to go up. I need to go to heaven. I just need to do that. Um, yeah. I love that. I do love Ultra Hand. I think Ultra Hand is great. I think the fuse ability is awesome. Being able to fuse oh, yes. weapons to, you know, rocks and to other weapons. The first thing. What was the first thing y'all fused? Because I fused the damn shield on accident. Oh, um, I, I fused. I just fused a basic stick with a rock. <laughs> That's what I did. I fused a stick with a rock, and I was like, "Oh, this oh, is cool." Smart. They said fuse. I said, "Let me fuse a stick to my shield real quick." <laughs> did we absolutely nothing. <laughs> Should have used a mushroom with your shield. It would have been a lot more effective. What <laughs> the oh my god! Hell? I should have. I should have. So, Kyle, <laughs> I want to get back on. On, we'll we'll talk some story stuff here in a bit. I don't want to go too heavy in because I don't want people to. I don't want people to have to not or to not be able to listen to this episode because we go so heavy at the story at the beginning. Um, I think the gameplay. This, in terms of how an open world game should be done. I feel like this is the template for every video game developer from here on out. I feel like the way Nintendo built this uh, this world, and I know that a lot of assets are reused from Breath of the Wild. I know that. But I feel like that's for a reason, because Breath of the Wild's open world was also really damn good. Yes. And I think the gameplay and the open world really shine here, Kyle. Yeah, I think that honestly, it's all about how they designed the map. Because, like, you know, they have the obvious tutorial area where they, like you said, prepare you for when you go out. But the big thing is when you do leave the tutorial area and you can go anywhere you want, It's there's not many places you can go where you feel like you're not supposed to be there. Everywhere I've gone so far, I completed my objective there and moved on. I was, I was like, oh, I have to come back to this later. Unless it was like a shrine or something, but... Like, I, all the temples, I went there, I did the whole quest, I, I completed it, I left, and I think it gives that constant sense of satisfaction where you can, you know, go anywhere you want and you can complete stuff. You don't have to leave, you don't have to go anywhere else to try and, you know, gear up or build yourself up. There are ways to overcome that, even if you have to cheese it sometimes. I've done plenty of that shit in this game where... I definitely wasn't supposed to do it one way, but I did it that way, and that's why I think this game's, you know, map design works, is because in a, in a lot of games, even in open world games, if there is somewhere you need to get to, there's usually one or two ways to get there. In this game, if there's somewhere you need to get to, you can build a vehicle of your yeah. choice, whether that be a hoverboard uh, you know, a flying, uh, I don't even know what you call it, a flying platform. If you, uh, you know, basically like a, a motorized glider almost. Yeah, yeah, like a motorized glider. Or you could even catapult yourself. I've seen people using those like weights to put themselves on the other side of a board and they'll drop the weight and they'll just catapult themselves up onto a mountain or into, you know, somewhere that they need to be. And I think that is what really makes this game, you know, so unique. The fact that you can tackle just about any puzzle as long as it's... I mean, even some in the shrines. A lot of them in the shrines have to be done a certain way, which is another thing that I, you know, think I I don't like as much about them 
is you have this entire world where everything is done however you want it to be done, but the shrines can usually only be done one way, and I feel very restricted about that. I will say that I think my biggest my biggest negative is I sometimes feel like I'm too stupid for this game. I think that sometimes I'm not creative enough for this game Same. because oh. some of some of Ooh. some of the scenarios like like when you get into a shrine like some of these op- some of these things you have to do some of them are as simple as oh just make a bridge out of what you have available and I'm sitting there racking my brain like oh my god how do I get across this gap I'm stuck like and I'm just like no dummy you fuse these two wooden planks together and you walk across them and yeah. I don't know like <laughs> I, I will say. One very interesting, and I've seen this conversation a lot, I'm interested to hear what both of you think, Matt. I'll start with you. Okay. Um, the, the difference that the batteries make uh, early on, especially in terms of do you upgrade your stamina or do you upgrade your hearts first? Because that obviously was not something that was in Breath of the Wild. Yes. Using the Zonite charges, the batteries, the devices, these were not in Breath of the Wild. And I feel like that changes a lot of, you know, you know, that could change how you upgrade. That could change. You might want to upgrade your health first. No, almost. no, that's I've only... seen that from a lot of people. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's yeah. backwards. The the charges only upgrade the battery. The orbs were in Breath what of the Wild. Have... What are you talking about? Like, are you talking about like using the, the charges? Batteries, to... Yeah. You don't use the same thing to upgrade your battery as you do your health. Like, you could do both I at the same say time. That. I didn't. What say did you that. mean by like you could upgrade one or the other? I mean, you could. Okay, I, I think that was it. I, yeah, I think confused. you misheard me at some point. I think you misheard me. No, I think that it changes the mentality of do you upgrade your stamina or your heart? Like, which do you focus on first? That's what I'm saying. Because the the batteries and stuff didn't exist in Breath of the Wild. And a lot of people, you including Kyle, have told me yeah. that your stamina is what you should focus on first over your health. Yeah. And now, though, with batteries where you can, you know, make cars and stuff, you almost don't need to focus on stamina first. I've seen oh, that okay, a lot that of makes people. Sense. You could focus. Yeah. Okay. Are we on the same page now? I'm, I'm yeah. That that, that shit, makes sense now. Yeah. That. <laughs> no, that's okay. That makes that makes so much more sense because I was like, I, I don't think you use the same things to upgrade that. Yeah. Now it I makes sense because you don't. Not that big of a knowledge. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I, you I don't didn't think that's what he meant either. Yeah. Now you you don't need. Yeah. Like you were saying, you don't need as much stamina. That makes sense. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I find it interesting that you you. The thought process behind what to upgrade almost changes. I don't even know what I'm going to go to with Matt now. I guess we'll just go to him with something else. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, uh, so, you know, basically you get the Hyrule, right? And Uh I know the first thing that we all focused on, or at least the first thing I focused on, was the regional phenomena. You know, essentially like in Breath of the Wild, you know, you're given those four big objectives, basically, and you're said, hey, go deal with this shit, (laughs) essentially, is what they tell you. Um... Did we all go after Rito Village first? Um, I'm interested if we all did. We all take the hint. <laughs> I did. From yeah. Pura? yeah. I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, I did. Because once you got that uh, that quest given, and then the next thing that you talk to, because you'll see the little red exclamation point indicating that this is a quest given to you, and then literally yes. the next thing you're being told is, so, you know, something's going on with the Ritos, so, and you know that's where I went. Um, which is so funny because in Breath of the Wild, because. Um, it's very similar to that in the structure because in Breath of the Wild, you're given those four locations to go to because, you know, you're out to find the future champions that, yes. you know, 
will fight with Link. And then in this game, it's very similar to that, except you're not you're not going out to find these champions. You're going out to figure out what is what phenomena are currently going on um, in these locations where the Rito are, where the Zoro, Zoro, excuse me, Zoro, Antonio Zoro, the Golrons, um, in the Gerudo. Uh, so I the that actually added a new layer because uh, to to like you know to the storytelling that this game has because it's like you get to the Rito and you find out that you know there's a blizzard there and it's completely covered everything and it's preventing you know trade from being able to come through and all this yes. other stuff is going on and then you got uh, the Golrons who are basically under this spell because they're eating this type of you know rock. That's you know, I always say brainwashing them. That was such a weird storyline, actually. This shit is so wacky when you start thinking about it in depth. Like this shit is so wacky. I love it. Um, but so yeah, and then with the Zora, uh, it's, it's some sort of gunk, which was giving me Mario Sunshine vibes. Anybody? Yeah, same. Yeah, the sludge. <laughs> yeah, the sludge. And then with the Gerudo, we got you know a sandstorm, which. God help me, that was ridiculously complicated for me to find the uh, Gerudo village with that going on. That was like, Listen, wow. brother, I am shameless um, in admitting that I used a guide on that whole part. I'm not kidding. I'm <laughs> when I say that, I just went same... straight, and I oh, just kept going straight. That's all I did. <laughs> I just, even, yep, I just kept going straight. I said, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going this direction. Uh, you know, I, I think I told Matt, I think my exact advice, and Matt, you told me from I said, hey, face yourself in the direction you need to go, and do not turn at any point. Walk straight. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, yeah, what I also do like is that, very similar to Breath of the Wild, you know, Link doesn't really have a lot of his memories from his, from his previous, you know, I, w- I want to say his previous life because he did sleep after the events of what happened in the hundred years uh, that yeah. took place before Breath of the Wild. So you know you're, you you go out to find these memories of the of you and Zelda and you and the old champions. And in this game, you come across where you are supposed to locate. And I thought this was really cool that the geoglyphs. I thought that it was really cool that the quest involved you building. Um, building a hot air balloon and then you see the lines that form these images and these images tell a story uh you actually you know once you find that first one you're you're, you're told to go that there's a temple to go to and i'm really glad that i went to that temple because if you are not careful and you watch the uh if, if you watch these geoglyphs like these tears dragon's tears the wrong like what way it's very confusing but it adds so much more to the story which i think is it's cool and all but it's something that it, it's very important, and it's something that you can actually miss if you don't pay attention. It's bringing me to my big, big critique yep. about the story. Yeah. Probably my only critique about the story, how it's told. I think that has a little bit too much um, player freedom. I think a story needs to be told a certain way, because I've been experiencing the story completely chopped up, and now that I've ex- like I've watched so many of them, I understand what's going on and where this takes place and what's happening, but it was that I, you know, saw the, I, I saw the final cutscene, I saw a couple of middle cutscenes, and then I started finding the beginning cutscenes, and, you know, I, I understand there is a, a quest you're supposed to do, and they do give you an order to do them in, however, I don't, I don't like how, you know, 
it's not a directed, you know, you need to do this before you move on, because I've done all the temples. I could have done none of those tiers, had no idea what the story is, complete all four temples, go and fight Ganon, and not know why I'm here. And I think <laughs> I, I think that, that that just doesn't make any sense, because, like, yeah, you know, I, I get it, but at the same time, I wish that they had told it a little bit differently, and I wish that every time I beat a temple and I got a cutscene, it wasn't telling the same story. I get okay, so it's about the Inquisitive War. Yeah, go ahead. As somebody, as somebody who did exactly what you just described, where I've done one of the geoglyphs and I've done all four of the temples and... Apparently now they're telling me, yeah, I did not know that I could just go fight Ganon now. I didn't, I was not aware of that. Yeah, that's, what, that's your next thing to do. I've been playing too much Spider-Man <laughs> the last two days. Yep. I've been playing too much Spider-Man, I guess, just didn't know that. Um, but, uh, you can fight yeah, it from the beginning. I, well, yeah, of course. I, it's, I, I saw this thing in Breath of the Wild where you yeah. can literally go and fight him right out the gate. Um, but I, my understanding, and again, for anyone listening, if this gets cringy, You've been warned that I've never beaten a Zelda game. You've been warned. Uh, my, I agree with you in that I don't love how the story is told because my understanding of it to this point with no context of the geoglyphs is, oh, this similar thing happened a long ago where, you know, the first king of Hyrule took on the Demon King and had, you know, the five great warriors alongside him. And, you know, you're essentially just re-fulfilling that. And I'm sure that that is, like, not even fucking close to what the story is. I am, like, 90% sure that I am nowhere near close what the actual story is. Because that's all I've been told is, oh, this happened a long time ago. This happened with the first King of Hyrule. It's happening again. Here you yeah. go. Yeah, like, where's Zelda? Like you said. But, well, and that's the thing is, like, that... The, I'm just, I guess if you're, if I'm assuming, I'm assuming that when they keep mentioning the Sage of Time, I'm assuming that's Zelda. Yeah, that's I'm her. I'm assuming that's her. Like, I, I, it's not really made very clear, in my opinion. Um, but it, that's the thing, is that there's almost, Matt's going to hate this comparison, Kyle probably will too. There's almost an attempt here at Dark Souls-style storytelling where you have to search it out and find it properly. But the problem is you really don't get much direction at all, but you get some direction towards the temples, but not a lot really towards anything else unless you seek it out. And I feel like if you get to the end of the story, if you just do the temples and then go beat Ganon, which I'm sure that I am nowhere near leveled up enough for that. So I'm not planning on doing that anytime soon. Uh, I feel like you'd get to the end of that and you'd just be like, what did, what just happened? You'd be yep. like, what did I just do all of that for? So I do think there is a problem within the storytelling and the type of storytelling there is. There's kind of that, that, that go at um, ambiguous storytelling mm -hmm. where it's you need to go seek it out. All the main objectives, all of them have some kind of relevance. The problem is when you first get to fucking Hyrule, there's like eight main objectives. Yeah, yeah, that's there's, another thing. There's, there's like eight of them. Hey, go ahead, Cal. Oh, I was going to say, ahead. it's overcrowded as shit. Like, like, that's the thing. Like, you mean to tell me the camera shit in the depths is just as important as the temples? Yeah, I know, right? That's just as important as the geoglyphs. And forgive me, fellas, correct me if I'm, like, understating the value of the camera work in the depths. Forgive me if I'm understating that, or correct me if I am, rather. But it just, I've done, I've done quite a bit of that. And I'm just sitting here like none of this feels as important as the temple. 
Yeah. It feels like busy work. Yeah. yeah. And like my my whole thing is this this game has a fantastic story. I think yes. that, you know, and, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to drop this. You know, I'm about to get into a little bit of spoilers. Now, I haven't beaten the game, so I can't tell you the ending. It's not going to be super Ooh. heavy, but I did see a cutscene that tells me where this game lands in the timeline. And that's something I would definitely like to talk about because the way the story is told might be flawed, but the story itself carries so much weight to the Zelda it's lore. And it's it, very interesting. Yeah, because there, there's this cutscene where you see Ganon coming in with the Gerudo, kneeling to the King of Hyrule and working with him, essentially. They make deals, and obviously, you know, things go wrong, and Ganon ends up killing the um, original uh, Queen of Hyrule. And yes. so he takes her stone and becomes the Ganondorf that we know. He becomes, you know, evil. But I thought it was such a big twist that when Breath of the Wild came out, everybody thought that this was at the end of the timeline, that this was going to be the game that is reuniting all of the timelines back together. Psych. And, yeah, they really pulled the rug on that one because this takes place right after Skyward Sword, which Skyward Sword was the beginning so this has the potential to open up new timelines for future games, which I think is the smartest way to go about it. Because if this was recombining all of the timelines, how do you continue off of that? You're just going to break it again and create more timelines? That'd be dumb as shit. Instead, they had us all fooled when Breath of the Wild came out thinking, oh, this is the end of it. No, this is the beginning. We have no idea what's coming next or what's, you know down the line for the Zelda franchise, this is only giving a little bit more context to how it got started, which tells me that this franchise has some heavy hitters in the future. I mean, look at these two games so, already, but... I was I was going to ask I was gonna ask that as a follow-up question. Is that not... You two obviously are the bigger fans here. I plan on beating this game at some point and finishing it at some point. I do love it. Does that not excite you? Because I, I want to make sure that, like... Oh, yeah. And that sounds like something to be excited for. Very, oh, it yes. Does. Very much so. Yeah, because that to me says like, because I think that Tears of the Kingdom, I, I think you ask me right now, this this could this will, could very well win Game of the Year. Yeah, I and I'm not a big I'm not a big Zelda fan saying that, and to hear that okay, there's more potentially down the road, that that makes me excited because again, as someone who's still getting into all of this, I would love to get more. I would love to get more that is of this quality. Now, mm-hmm. Skyward Sword. Didn't really enjoy all that. Same, same. And didn't, and, didn't love Skyward Sword, but I really do love animal. this. I yeah, yeah I, I think the story again, the story to Skyward Sword, amazing. But it was the controls. I, are fantastic as well. Yeah, yeah. The world building. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. everything about Skyward Sword is good. It's just the controls Except were. Oh, the controls. Yeah, they were so unforgivable that I I've played and beaten. Almost every Zelda game, even the bad ones, Skyward Sword is one game that I have never played all the way through because I just couldn't get past the controls. Uh, What I can say, though, is I now understand why Nintendo decided to do a remaster for Skyward Sword right before Tears of the Kingdom. Because, yeah, you know, it kind of refreshed people on the lore and as a subtle hint to, hey... This game takes place, you know, the, or Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom take place after Skyward Sword. And Matt, I believe, actually told me something really interesting that you can find in the sky. 
Since I didn't beat Skyward Sword, I didn't recognize it, but Matt did. What is it, Matt? You are referring... Are you referring to the goddess statue that is in Skyward Sword that you find on Skyloft? Yes, and what do you get from there? So, it's actually not in the sky. Uh, what? It's, it's on the ground because oh. all... all all of Skyloft crashed into Hyrule after the events of Skyward Sword. Okay. I thought that, like, so the pieces in the sky why... were just remnants. Uh, no, no. A, a lot of that... So, they don't really explain a lot of, of the sky parts of the of the map in this game. Not that well to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the statue, the goddess statue, was also in Breath of the Wild. And what's crazy is the location of it. Uh, it's, it's in the exact same spot in this game that it is in Breath of the Wild. Um, now the the statue itself doesn't really do anything too too crazy. But what I loved about that location is that's also the same that's also the same place where you meet uh, Fi uh, in Skyward Sword. Uh, the exact same layout, the exact same level design. I thought that was just such a nice little nod to Skyward Sword. Um, yeah. To be honest, th- this game is actually a really nice nod to a lot of Zelda games. Like anyone who has beat the time, uh, no, excuse me, the uh, the Wind Temple boss. If you are a Wind Waker fan, uh, <laughs> uh, then you have the uh, in the Fire Temple the boss. If you, it's a nice little throwback to Ocarina of Time. There's yeah. even some nice references to Majora's Mask. Like this this game has it all, and it really shows exactly. You know, would you call it a love letter to Zelda fans? I would. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that one before. Yeah, yeah I, I would. would say that. I absolutely would. Yeah, especially the that's music cool. in the Wind Temple boss when you. Uh, that was yes. When you're fighting that boss, when you're fighting that, that boss, boss was I told Kyle about this. I told Kyle about the music. I was like, bro, just wait till it hits. And then if you've been on Dragonrus Island, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, that was the very first <laughs> area from Wind Waker that you go to in the. Except it was a little bit different in this game because, like, when you're fighting the boss, um, that music kicks in, but. You know, in Wind Waker, it's very calm. It's very subtle. And this game, they redid it to make it orchestraic. And man, what a feeling. I, you know, I got chills when I was fighting that boss and I heard that music kick in. It was so good. That is awesome. I, I wish that I could relate. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, this is why I hope that they bring some other of the big Zelda games yes. like Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Because Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD I think, need to come to the Switch. Yeah, yeah, we are actually in a time where... A lot of people who played Breath of the Wild and played Tears of the Kingdom, that's some of their first Zelda games. And, you know, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I would like to see, you know, these people who enjoy these games get to see some of the other great games that this, you know, franchise was built upon. Because it's, it's always been about the gameplay in the Zelda games. The stories were always good, but it's genuinely the same thing. You know, Link is reincarnated, Zelda's reincarnated. Ganon is freed and he, you know, needs to be killed or sealed away. But the gameplay has always been, you know, what makes a Zelda game. Just the different ways to go about solving puzzles. And I think that when you yes. when you say, you know, like a love letter to Zelda fans, this is definitely one with the puzzle solving. Because that's what, you know, like we said, that's that's what built... Zelda is, you know, the Absolutely. gameplay and the puzzle yeah. solving. The fact that you can solve all these puzzles in any way you want, it's so innovative. And it's, you know, anything I think a Zelda fan could have wanted is complete control and freedom over the way we solve these puzzles. Yeah, I agree. I, I love the the freedom and creativity that, it, that this game provides. You really can 
you know, you can really go about just about any any different scenario, any different puzzle. You can really go about it just about any any way you want. There's very few that are set in stone of it must be solved this way. You must do this at this angle, all that. Um, I want to say this because on, on the note of the gameplay being what has carried this, I've, I've watched a uh, a video that kind of discussed this recently, and it was a video that uh, was pointing out kind of the flaw in Naughty Dog's uh, linear story design. And it's that Zelda is a great example of of your motivator being really, really simple early on, especially Breath of the Wild. Uh, and here you can say the same thing. Just think about here. What, what are you essentially told early on? You're told essentially go solve these four phenomena, beat the Demon King. Your motivator is very, very simple. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of context given. There's not a lot of reason given, but that is what you are told to do. And and for, I mean, at this point, shit, 40, 45 hours of gameplay, that's essentially been what's driven us. It says something that the motivator is that simple, and that has driven us through tens or dozens of hours of gameplay. The motivator has been that simple. And that's the problem with a lot of stories and a lot of games today is that they're so complex, they're so deep that you almost don't know why you're doing what you're doing. I have to give this game credit as big and creative and as, again, the, the amount of freedom it gives you. Your motivators are pretty simple, and I think for new players like me, that is important. Your motivators being simple and your path being relatively simple, that yeah. is big. I think as someone who I've played other Zelda games, I played a little bit of Breath of the Wild, played quite a bit of Skyward Sword, and I will agree with y'all, I don't think that's inherently a bad game. I think Skyward Sword is actually a really damn good game. It is held back massively by the motion controls. Held back massively by that. Outside of that, everything else I really enjoyed. The story, the gameplay, I thought everything else was really, really good. World building, everything was really good. Uh, and then I played a little bit of Link's Awakening, obviously, and, and again, I enjoyed it, but just kind of fell off and didn't really ever go back to it. Um, I think this is a great spot for new fans to get in and then, you know, maybe go back and revisit some of the older games when they're given an opportunity. If Nintendo is out there and they're, they're not listening whatsoever, because we're a small time podcast and let's be, let's face it. If you're listening to this episode, you're not listening to this episode because of me, you're listening to this episode for Matt and for Kyle, <laughs> because they, they have carried <laughs> this episode. I've, I've just been sitting here sipping on my mics uh, not sponsored, by the way. We are sponsored by Dubby. Go check them out. Dubby! Um, <laughs> we are sponsored by them. Uh, but I think this is a great starting point, especially knowing that this is at the beginning of everything. I think this is a really, really good entry point for new fans. I saw reviews that said this isn't going to make new Zelda fans. I disagree entirely. I'm a fan of this game. I love this game. I yeah. think it's awesome. I, I, I wish that weapons didn't break. Same. And I wish that you weren't punished just for weather all the time. Also yeah. same. But there's easy, but there's <laughs> easy workarounds, and I've learned to adapt. So it's all good. So, fellas, <laughs> before we call it an episode, is there anything that we missed that y'all want to talk about? Uh, actually, I do want to add this. Um, okay. So, I know, Rusty, you and I went to a midnight release for this game. Well, yes. not so much a midnight release. I just want to say... That was incredible. Just the atmosphere of all these Zelda fans Ooh. and just doing these quizzes, even though I couldn't really hear the questions. <laughs> and, um, 
but I just love that 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 was just so much fun because I haven't been to a release a midnight release like that in so long, especially because you know during the Same. whole COVID thing that happened, they stopped doing those kinds of releases. So I just want to I just want to point out that like the Zelda community is one of my all time favorites, and I I'm so glad that we got this game, and I'm so glad that it's reviewing well. I mean, come on, ten million copies in one night is ridiculous. Yeah, this no, game. Before we get to before we get to Kyle's point, I just want to say one thing about the release that I went to yeah. to the dude in Cookville, Tennessee. Because I'm gonna hoe him if he happens to listen to this. To the dude that was saying to people, because again, there's about a hundred people at my at my at the at the release of the GameStop I went to. The guy that said, "Oh, just wait in a couple months, Pikmin Four is gonna do the same thing." No. Is it, no? No. Are you sure no. about that? I yeah, don't think ten million will, copies homie. in one night. We'll see about that. <laughs> but anyways, Kyle, what did uh, Kyle? What, what did you want to talk about to end this off? Yeah, I, I got to say, this game—if you haven't played a Zelda game, this is definitely the one to get in. Like you were saying, because there is so much innovation here, and there's so much creativity. There's, I'll say it, there's too much creativity. This game makes me feel stupid. <laughs> like, but that's good because I think video games can do something more than just be, you know, uh, violent and, and goofy. Obviously, I have my soft spot for our shooters like Call of Duty, but this game really makes your brain work. I mean, I have never had to think so much in my life when playing this game, and it does it voluntarily. I'm glad to get on here and struggle with a puzzle because... When I complete it, I feel so satisfied that I actually, you know, I made it through that whole trip to complete that that temple. Or, you know, I, I, I beat that shrine. I killed that boss. Like, this game, it it's so good for people who enjoy that constant sense of progression. And yes, even the shrines in this game are good. And I... I'll go Shit. ahead and <laughs> I will hop off of my shrine hatred now. They have fixed it. They <laughs> learned. <mission> <laughs> I I I can safely say Nintendo has fixed them from Breath of the Wild. They're not nearly as repetitive, but all in all, yeah, this game I think is one for if you are out there and you're listening, you haven't played a Zelda game, this is one to pick up for sure. Yeah, I I, I wanna close just on, on a simple thought that, you know, again, Legend of Zelda community is a very, very passionate one, and I, I don't want to say that I feel like I've been gatekept on them all these years. I don't feel like I have. But I do feel like, especially when you look at gaming today and you look at disasters like Gollum, you look at disasters like Saints, of Ro like Saints Row, like Cyberpunk, you look at those disasters... This is the first Nintendo Switch game that is retailed at base the base copy for seventy dollars, and yeah. I I would I would pay that again in a heartbeat. Same. I, I would I would not even think twice about it. Like it is, you are getting exactly what you pay for. For anyone out there that's talking about, oh, well, the performance is getting swept under the rug, but Redfall got killed because it was on Xbox. Uh, no. Redfall got killed because it was a terrible fucking game in just about every <laughs> facet. And I would know. I played about two missions of it. That's two missions too many. I'm more than qualified <laughs> to talk about that shit stain of a game. This game is phenomenal. I think that we look back on this one in a couple decades. I think we look back a decade from now, and I think we call this one a classic. 
I legitimately think that we call it that. So that is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow all three of us as well. I tweet a lot more than they do, so you might not want to follow me. Um, you can follow us on Facebook as well at Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, Kyle, Matt, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.